take a seat, sit back, relax, and welcome back to the Cladecast. It's been so long. Um, it's just been hard to find the motivation. That's really it. And uh, I've been really busy. Uh, so I can make excuses all day, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to try my best to come back. Um, as you can see, I got this uh, this new brick wall background. I'm still figuring out the lighting. Uh, I'm not the best at that, but I'm back. Um, a couple new things with me now. Uh, I'm in college. Uh, I'm at El Camino, and I'm playing water polo. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I really enjoy my teammates. Uh, it's a great experience, you know. I almost went to ASU, but last second I decided uh, I'm going to go to El Camino. And, you know, there's some gives and takes with with both um, going to community college. Even though I got good grades, you know, uh, I'm, I decided to go to El Even though I got good grades, I decided I'm going to go to El Camino because, you know, water polo. That was really important to me. Like, that's something that really feeds the soul. So that's something that... I really wanted to do. Uh, so, and I think I made the right choice because, you know, saving a lot of money. Uh, I have a good solid group of friends and I'm still working. I'm saving money. I got a lot of money to spend. So, well, not a whole lot of money. I spent a lot on a PS5, but you know what? I'm young. I could be reckless with my money. But, uh, so while I was gone, uh, I might as well talk about my recent trip to the Bahamas and oh man uh it's about to get a little bit more than PG13 maybe um but so me uh my friend Dylan my friend Ethan and uh my friend Lincoln and a couple other people a lot a good amount of people we left uh to go to the Bahamas for our senior trip and can I just say the the Bahama mamas are real like there was a lot of Bahama mamas out in the Bahamas and so we all go, a lot of people from our school, uh, we went to the Bahamas and we stayed in this all-inclusive resort. Oh yeah, Teen- new teens, uh, all you can eat and all you could drink and alcohol is legal in the Bahamas. So that was a recipe for disaster, but you know, and it ended up being okay. So a little story time about the Bahamas. Uh, we arrived, uh, it was pretty crazy, like it was really hot, it was really nice. First thing we did, you know, we're allowed to drink alcohol. We're going to slam a couple brewskis right when we land. Me and all my friends, we go to the duty-free store. We get our first ever legal uh, alcoholic beverage that we're allowed to get. So we get one of the Bahamas, like one of their local beers, and we just decide, slam it. And uh, we got to have a, a nice, a really nice beer uh, before anyone else. We were the first to get a drink and then. We, just, we got on the shuttles and we headed over towards our resort and no one prepares you for, uh, no one prepares you for the Bahamas enough to know that you drive on the wrong side of the road. Well, wrong side of the road, but we were driving on the left hand side of the road and it was very scary seeing all the cars come from the, from the wrong side from what I'm used to. So that was really scary. And they all like to go 60, 70 hours they all like to go 60, 70 miles an hour in uh, like a 20 to 30 mile per hour zone. All the shuttles do that because they, they like to make their money. They want to be fast. Um, but it's kind of weird because we are told that in the Bahamas, one of the biggest things is that 
they're very slow with everything. Like that's a culture shock that Americans are not really used to. We're not really used to uh, the the slowness of the Bahamas because you know everyone in the Bahamas they're they're really chill. They like to you know they like to sit back with their hands back and just 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 live. And you know if I was living there, uh, I would definitely enjoy that. But you know we live in the hustle and bustle of America, so. Everything's really fast paced here. But anyways, we get to our resort. We're treated to like some very strange food, uh, some pizza that didn't really look like pizza and uh, some other snacks when we arrived. And it was re- for being on a, uh, a long flight. It was really, really nice to eat something. So we eat, we get sit down. Everyone's sitting down. We're all ready. We see some other people that got there before us and they're all they're all getting their drinks. They're, they have two drinks in each hand. They're like, guys, we got the Bahama Mamas. Let's go. Come on, hurry up. And we're just waiting, like having to do an orientation. So we're sitting, waiting, doing the orientation. I forget the guy's name, but I really wish I remembered. But our camp counselor, I'm just going to call him like Steve. Uh, so Steve came up. He goes, everyone, shut the fuck up and sit down. And he he didn't say it how I just said it. But he said it in a very like chill, funny way. He like he he knew what we wanted to do. He knew we wanted to drink and party right away. So he was trying to get us away as fast as possible. And he basically was just telling us the rules. And uh, he basically explained that there was no rules in the Bahamas with girls and alcohol. What could go wrong, right? Uh, nothing did go wrong. So, uh, but so. The second we're done with orientations, we get our bags up to the room. And I'm in a room of three with my friend Dylan, my friend Ethan, and I realize that there's one king-size bed. So I start freaking out right away, and I'm like, well, I want to go drink and party, but there's uh, not enough beds for me. So eventually we get it figured out. Eventually we could go to the bar. And Steve reminded us that we all have to be double-fisting at all times. And a camp counselor that tells you to double fist two drinks at one time, he's a pretty cool counselor. So, so me and my friends, we see all these crazy colored drinks like we've never even seen before. We're just really excited. Everyone's got these blue and green drinks. We're like, what is that? And I, they go, I don't know. Just get it. Okay. That's what we did. We each got two drinks in both of our hands. So four drinks total. We head down to the, the bluest beach I've ever seen ever and. Everyone from our school and a bunch of random people from Massachusetts, Tennessee, a bunch of different places are all here and they're all partying and hanging out with us. And the second we got down to the beach and I saw everyone in the water with with all these drinks in their hands, I knew it was just going to be an absolute blast. So the first day, you know, we kind of got settled in. We got very drunk the first day. We're having a lot of fun and we found out, hey, there's this boat party that's going on at night. So we decide... Okay, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, we're going to go hang out on the boat. Um, it was $75 because we didn't get a VIP thing for it. But anyways, we go on the boat and we were just partying, dancing. It was it was okay. I was expecting like some crazy party, but we were on like a cold boat. It was like kind of kind of rainy the first night. There was, there was lightning off in the distance and we were on a boat. So that was a little scary, but... You know, we were dancing and partying. The songs were kind of crazy. I mean, the songs weren't crazy, 
I meant the choice of music was crazy because the music was not that good. But I, we tried to have our fun with it. Um, we didn't realize that we should have drank a lot more before because all the drinks on the boat were very expensive. And, uh, you know, me as an Apple lover, I really wanted them to play Dancing Queen because, you know me, I go crazy when I hear Dancing Queen. So I go up to the DJ, I go, hey, can you play Dancing Queen? Is there anything I could do to request music? Doesn't say anything. And I'm just confused because he, he looked at me, took off his headphones and like shook his head on me. I'm like, okay, can I request something? Shook his head. I go, dude, I, I want to request a song. How do I do it? And he like, like kind of signals like with his eyes to look at his computer. So I look, there's a big screen to say, tip me to play a song. So if you want anything done where we were at, you had to, you had to tip him to, to get a song or a drink or whatever. So I tipped the guy a dollar. I go, Hey, that'd be cool if you could play ABBA dancer queen. So I go, we're dancing, we're hanging out. He doesn't play dancing queen after like an hour. I go, Hmm, a little strange. I'm gonna go back. Hey, uh, can you play dancing queen? He goes, yeah, sure. Just a uh, tip. So I tip him $3 this time. I go, maybe that'll be a little bit more of an incentive to play the song. Eventually he doesn't play the song after another hour. And I'm, I'm getting kind of angry at this point. Cause that's the only thing I wanted to do the first night in the Bahamas. I wanted to dance to dancing queen. Um, eventually I spent uh, $15, uh, to have one song be played and, uh, it did not get played once. Um, I was very sad about that. Um, whatever it happens, uh, other people got their songs. So happy for them, but you know, end of the night, it was all good. We got to hang out. Uh, we find out that there's a casino next door and, uh, knowing me, uh, I think I'm a little bit of a gambling addict, unfortunately now, but, oh, let me go back on the boat. I don't know why I just skipped this over, but, uh, on the boat, uh, a bunch of people were smoking cigarettes and I go, Hmm, that's strange. All these people are smoking cigarettes. I'm not really used to that. And, uh, they go, Hey, do you want to try a cigarette? I go, fuck it. Well, in the Bahamas, right. And I hate the smell of cigarettes, but that doesn't mean I don't like the taste of them. So I smoked my first cigarette that night and I like the taste and I hate the smell and I don't know. I that might be a little recipe for disaster, especially how I was about to go into my story about how I'm a gambling addict. But anyways, after after the boat, we heard that there's a casino, and I had li- just recently come off of a winning streak uh, in Palm Springs uh, for my friend's birthday, the same one that I was in the Bahamas with. Uh, I won fifteen hundred dollars on roulette after putting in a hundred dollars. So I was like. Oh yeah, I'm for sure going to go gamble in the Bahamas. Like, who else isn't? And I was the first one to start convincing people to come to the casino, and eventually that was a huge thing where everyone all at once was coming to the casino, and I convinced so many people to come to the casino, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but we had so much fun in the casino. The first night I was there, I decided I would spend $200. Uh, I would spend $200 in the casino and I thought that was a decent amount. Um, 
So we go in there. We sit at a poker, I mean, at a blackjack table because that was the game I knew. Uh, and we meet Leon. And I kind of had a, a little idea of what blackjack was, but he helped me explain it. And, you know, I just kept winning and winning and winning. And it was the best feeling ever. And I was already kind of tipsy from the boat. And all these bartenders are coming up and they're saying, do you want a Bahama Mama? And of course I'm going to take a Bahama Mama. We're in the Bahamas, baby. I want a Bahama Mama. That was a little cringe. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so we're drinking. All of my friends are at the same blackjack table. And our guy Leon is just going crazy, giving us the best cards ever. And by the end of the night, all of my friends were up a couple hundred dollars. Some of them lost a good amount of money, but on the very first day, I walked out with a $500 chip. And on the very first night of the Bahamas, I can safely say that felt amazing that my first day of my trip that I was able to win $500. So I felt great. Um, you know, every other day was kind of a little repeat of each other. Um, the second day I woke up 12 in the afternoon, uh, like everyone else. Uh, everyone drank, uh, partied on the beach all day, took a mat, took a little nap in the middle of the day, went to the buffet, drank more, and then we would go out to the club. Second night, uh, we go uh, to like a frat house and... That was so much fun. And that night I also found out that weed was illegal in the Bahamas. And I also found out that no one no one got in trouble for bringing weed through the the Bahamas Bahamas customs. So everyone was able to sneak weed through customs and no one got in trouble. So we're all partying. We're at this huge frat house and Maybe in this video or episode, I'm going to try to show some some pictures and videos of me partying uh, out there at the frat house. Frat house. Um, it was really fun. And I got to meet a lot of new people there. And, you know, just talking, having fun, dancing. And I could say that the best night was the third night. Frat house night was the second night. Third night, we went to this place called Senior Frogs. So... After all of us uh, at this hotel get sl- uh, get pushed into all these taxi shuttles and we're zooming 70 miles through like two lane blocks, like two lane streets, like hitting poles. We hit a pole in our taxi and I was so drunk. Uh, right before we left, uh, I had a quarter bottle of Jack Daniels. Uh, you know, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to drink. I'm in the Bahamas. I can't, I can't drink here. So I might as well drink in the Bahamas, but I had a quarter bottle of Jack Daniels and I could safely say that I was extremely intoxicated. Um, but we continued, we went to senior frogs. So we look up at the ceiling and instantly I knew we were going to have a good time. There was butts all over the ceiling and I knew it was going to be a good time. I knew that this was the place to have the most fun. And Instantly, I see these giant foot-long margarita cups. And, of course, I had to get one. I'm in the Bahamas. I could spend my money. $30 for a 
a foot long margarita foot long plastic margarita cup with margarita in it and i go out on the dance floor with my cup and we start dancing having a lot of fun um they start pouring shots to random people and that's when i decided i want i want one um so we we were in a conga line and i knew that's how you get shots you go in the conga line everyone would just go around in the conga line and get shots every single time they pour like a little bit in your mouth and eventually they go, Hey, we're going to play some games. Get up on the dance floor. If you want to be a part of it. I had no idea what was going on. It was just a game. I go, fuck. Yeah. I'm going up on the dance floor. I hop on. They go, okay, guys, we're having a dance competition. Instantly in that moment, I go, I'm the dancing queen, baby. I'm winning this competition. Um, so it was me, my friend Dylan up on stage, and a couple other people from from some other states that I didn't know. But uh, we hop up on stage, and they go, all of you guys here are 18, right? The whole crowd starts cheering, and he goes, that means 18 seconds of shots for all of you guys. And my big smile turned into a, a face of fear. Uh I don't know how I was going to be able to take that much, but, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't bitch out now. I I was up on the dance floor. There's no backing out. You're in the Bahamas. You can't, you can't back out. So I see people going, they're dancing, they're doing okay. My friend Dylan goes 18 seconds of shots. The second he's done hand over the mouth, the biggest, loudest gag ever and stuff comes spraying in between his fingers covering his mouth he didn't throw up but all that 18 seconds of shots is is really hard to take down so naturally he's he spit a good amount of it out but then he he pushed on like a champ he kept on going so eventually it got to my turn and throughout the night i kind of been or throughout the past couple nights i've been talking to this girl named uh she was from texas and she was like, oh my God, Blake, I want to twerk on you. <laughs> I want to twerk on you when you go up on the dance floor. And who's going to decline? So it was my turn to dance. I go to pick her up I, after my 18 seconds of shots, which I, I barely took down. It was very hard. But so I go to pick up. I go to pick her up. This huge security guard pushes her off the stage. And instantly, my I think my only way of winning is gone. That's the only thing that was going on in my in my mindset. I go, I lost. I'm not having anyone twerk on me, so I lost. But some random burst of confidence came into my head, and I took off my shirt with the biggest beer belly I've ever had in my life, and I started swinging my shirt everywhere, like screaming, and oh my god, the crowd went crazy for my beer belly. Let's just say they, they they then went crazy for my beer belly. And eventually, I made it to the final two. That was a good feeling. So, make it to the final two. And it's me and this one other guy. And we're both, we're both going crazy. I decide to do the worm. And I think that's going to be my crazy finishing last move. And then I hear everyone start screaming. I turn around. And this guy's doing the grind, you know, like the one where you do over the girls, he's doing the grind. So I, I knew I lost. 
But the dancer took pity and he goes, whispers to both of us in our ears, hey, I'm going to give you guys an option. You guys can either, you and five of your friends could win big drinks, like the, the big pitcher drinks, which sounded very appealing. They were $30 each or shots on the house. And so naturally, me and this other guy, we look at each other and I was feeling good. I grabbed his hands and I go, shots for everyone. And the whole club ended up getting shots because me and this guy, most mostly the other guy won and we got to give free shots to everyone. And that was a great feeling. Um, after that night, everything went downhill. Um, that $500 I originally won, lost all of it, plus uh, a lot more out of my pocket. I don't want to go into detail about how much I lost after that, but I lost that $500 I won, plus a lot out of my own pocket, which is really sad. But after that night, every single person got sick, and it was really bad. Um, My one friend... Um, he got bronchitis and he had to go stay in the hospital and he had to pay $800. And it seemed that everyone else had this random mysterious illness too. We don't know if it was from the air conditioning unit, everyone sharing drinks, or if it was some random sickness that was going around the club. But anyways, every single person got sick. And me, Dylan, and Ethan... We were stuck in our rooms for three days. I mean, two days. We were stuck. We were so sick, we could not do anything. It was so hard to move. We had terrible fevers. I went to go see the nurse because I thought I had COVID. We, it was still COVID time. So we all thought we had COVID, but turns out none of us had COVID. So that was a little bit of a shock. Um, we all had uh, some sort of virus and everyone got it. So, unfortunately, the last two days of my trip were stuck uh, in my room. And I got invited to go sleep in his room that night. And unfortunately, I was too sick to go. Unfortunate, it could have said. Unfortunate that that cannot have, that did not transpire. But, you know, that's life. I was too sick. I cannot see it through. So, we all get to the airport to go back home. It was a long 13-hour flight after another two-hour flight. But we were all coughing like dogs in the airport. It was terrible. Uh, There were not enough seats for us and all of our friends. So we all huddled on the floor. Everyone trying to like cuddle up because everyone has a fever. Everyone's cold. And it sounds like we're in a hazard zone. Every single person's coughing. It was terrible. Uh, everyone was so sick and a bunch of people were coming up to me and they were going, oh my God, do all of you guys, are, are all of you guys sick or something? Do you guys all have COVID? And I go, yeah, we're all terribly sick. Uh, I think we all have bronchitis. And I think that terrified uh, everyone that was on the plane. And there was no silence on that plane ride home because all of us that were spread throughout the plane were coughing like dogs. But eventually we made it home. One of my good friends, Sophia, shout out Sophia if you're listening. Uh, 
took us home from the airport and we got home safe. And that was my Bahamas trip. It was a little bit more than PG-13. Um, but hey, I was allowed to do all that out there. I was in the Bahamas. I'm a teen. I'm in college now. I had a very great experience. But, you know, I've been also trying to turn this podcast somewhat into like a mental health podcast. So I wrote down a couple notes. Normally on my podcast, I don't really like to plan anything or have anything like in mind. I just kind of like to go off the dome, kind of like how that little rant was about the Bahamas. But, you know, I just wanted to talk about a couple things that, you know, it's just kind of been on my mind recently and I wanted to bring it up. So the first thing I wrote down is failed relationships and also knowing what love is. Um, I feel like I've not had a very good experience with getting into relationships slash being in relationships, period. Um, I've only ever really been in a relationship with one girl and it only lasted four months. Uh, so did not last long, would not even call that, consider that a serious relationship. But me and me and her are very good friends now. And, you know, I, I'm happier with that, with being friends. And now if I were to look back or now if I were to be in a situation to do that again, I think I would safely say no. I'd much rather being best friends with this person. So, um, you know, in, in that relationship and in others, not our dating relationships, but I don't know if it's a me problem, but just finding relationships nowadays, I feel like is really difficult. Um, people are so conceited about what they want in a relationship. And, you know, sometimes it, it it's really hard. Um, you know, a lot of people have friend with benefits. Um, they have like their little hookup person, whatever people are in relationship relationships. All of it's really complex. And, you know, I just haven't really been able to experience that yet. Really? Um, I wish I can, but also I'm, I'm in the happiest space I've ever been in my whole life. Uh, thankfully I could say that like, I'm so damn happy and you know, Sometimes I wish I could be in a relationship and sometimes I'm just really happy where I am. But um, I was just thinking because I got to see some old friends that I hadn't seen for a while just about like relationships in general. And, um, you know, I've I've had a, a misguided uh, life experience about like girls in general and uh a misguided experience with just like what love is because let me start from the beginning um, or what I call the beginning. Um, in sixth grade, uh, I was in, a, I don't even know what to call it, but there was a situation where when I was in sixth grade, uh, I had met some girl and me being a horny teenager really wanted to, you know, kiss a girl and do everything with a girl. So, uh, this eighth grader at the time when I was in sixth grade, uh, showed interest in me. And that was the first time that had really ever happened to me. So of course, uh, I tried to act on it in a way. Um, so I hung out with her, 
Um, I kissed her, but nothing ever really transpired after that. Um, we hung out a couple more times, but she was just, her personality was very strange. Like something was off about her, but I didn't know what it was. But things started to really change when uh, she started talking to me in the third person. She, uh, I'm going to call her Jessica. That's not her actual name, but I'm just going to call her Jessica. Um, she would text me being, Jessica doesn't like that you're doing this, Blake. Jessica feels blah, blah, blah. And I don't think any rational person talks in the third person, but she was talking to me in the third person, and that scared the shit out of me. So, eventually, she was just acting crazy, and I go, Jessica, I think you and me just need to stop talking to each other. Like, it's not healthy, or I didn't say it wasn't healthy, I didn't, I didn't understand that at the time, but I go, I just don't really like you, uh, Jessica, I'm sorry. And uh, she took a knife and her arm, and she slid it uh on FaceTime. So I saw her with a big knife slice her slice her wrist open and that was extremely traumatizing. And she said that or this is how it went. She goes, I'm gonna kill myself if you hang up the call. And I didn't want to talk to her anymore, but and I didn't believe her. So I go, No, you're not gonna do anything. I'm ending the call. I don't want to talk to you anymore. We could talk later. And right before I go to hang up, she slit her wrist. And I did not know how to react to that. I'm in sixth grade. Um, So eventually, I called the police. I said what happened. And uh, she was okay. But that was my first ever experience like with a girl. So I don't really... I After that, I didn't really want to talk to girls after that. And... When I heard that all girls are crazy, <laughs> like that's just the stereotype that you hear. Um, that's what I thought crazy was. And I was too terrified to be with someone that was crazy. I didn't want to be in a relationship because I thought that's how all girls were. They were crazy and they wanted to hurt themselves like that. And I didn't understand that. So that's why I stopped talking to girls. So basically... One of the first girls I started to become friends with, um, it was really new to me. And so we started talking, we became really close, and eventually we were at a point where I thought we were going to get into a relationship. And again, I was I was really young at this time, and I was getting sent explicit images. And I thought this was because we were getting into a relationship. And I was never asking for it. I never forced her to do that for me. I just thought we were in a relationship and that's why she was sending it to me. But eventually when I, when I told her I actually liked her and that I wanted us to be a thing, uh, she acted like I was crazy and that didn't make any sense to me. I was so confused. And later on, uh, me and this girl were off and on like talking, talking and, chatting and flirting for years and um eventually it got to like just crazy points and just how complex our relationship was and I I cared about this girl more than any other girl that I had ever met and she was really important to me and special and eventually 
um, eventually, um, I, I, I grew up, I don't really know what it was. I think I, oh, I, I could, I know what it was. Um, so when I broke my back, um, I was in like a really dark place and I was like learning a lot about myself. And so I, I learned what I wanted and I learned what was healthy for me. And I learned to love myself in a way that I had never done ever before. And so I was able to take a step back from everything that was happening to me in the world. And, um, I realized that this girl wasn't really healthy for me anymore. And eventually I, I met someone I met who would then become my girlfriend. And when that first started out, um, she was on vacation, whatever complex, but, uh, she came back and she told me that she was in love with me. And I was, I had already felt that way towards her. She told me she loved me and I didn't, I didn't know how to feel because on one hand I was just starting up a new relationship and two, I had loved her for so long already and she's just finally saying it now. So I, I had a choice to make either go back to what was toxic, but now she's liking me back or start off with something new. And I'm, I'm extremely proud with the decision I made and I went to something new and it was really nice starting off with something new. And she started off with an, an, in a new relationship too. So, you know, both worked out. We were both really good friends and we were out both at our own relationships. And eventually me and my girlfriend had broken up and, you know, I, I would still talk to her every once the, my friend who I was in love with every once in a while or who I had been in love with for a while. And, uh, she broke up with her boyfriend and a bunch a drama went down between her and her boyfriend and I continued to be supportive friend. Um, I decided that I would be her friend because we had already had this complex relationship and I was there when she was talking to police about this guy. Um, a bunch of different stuff happened and this guy was threatening me, but I was willing to just be a good friend and support this girl that I cared about. And she went to rehab for all of summer and she came back uh, after me and her were writing letters all summer and we kissed and it felt amazing. But also I didn't really know how to feel about it because it was so like unexpected. But, um, after we kissed a couple of days later, she, she kind of just said that she didn't care about me like how I cared about her and like she shouldn't have kissed me even though she was the one that kissed me and it just made me really confused and I could safely say that she was the first person that I actually loved um our relationship was really complex and the sad thing is is that I know she never felt the same way about me and so that kind of like brings up the idea of like what like what is love? Cuz in the actual relationship I was in, uh I was told she never really loved me either. So two people that I felt like I had love for never said that they had love for me. And 
it kind of brought me to like a very strange place where I didn't really know what to think of love or like a healthy relationship. Um, so that's kind of like my little rant about love. Um, but I, I kind of figured out on my own that the most important thing was to find love in myself, which now I'm so unbelievably happy with everything in my life. Like, even though that's a sad story, like everything in my life is so good right now. And I'm very happy that that's the case. But, uh, yeah. So like, that's my complex history with like being in relationships. Um, I had some other stuff I'd written down. Um, actually this kind of is kind of in the line of being in a relationship. It's breaking off friendship relationships and like my value of friendship. Excuse me. Um, so that friend, um, that I had, I explained that like I was in love with and all this complexity about, we eventually became really close again and we, we, we wanted to stay just friends, but eventually she did a bunch of stuff and it wasn't that like her actions that caused me to, to stay away from her, but it was who she was as a person. And that was the hardest thing because I cared about her so much, but who she was as a person was so unhealthy to me that I just decided I needed it out of my life. So I, I, I cut her off and I thought about her for a long time after that. And, uh, I still do now to this day, obviously I'm still talking about this girl. Um, but it was a really healthy decision that I made and that helped me again, become happier in the long run. And recently I kind of had to do that with like a group of friends and, uh, I'm, I don't want to go too in depth about it because I'm still okay with these group, this, this group of girls, <laughs> But they, I, I, I had explained to them how I felt about a certain situations and I just expressed my feelings to them and I got like attacked for it and I had never been that hurt before, but, and that was the first time I ever like cried in class. That was a really hard experience for me. I cried in class and thankfully I had two like girlfriends, uh, that were there and they were like comforting me in class while I was just crying and sobbing so much. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. Um, but cutting off friendships is really hard, but I could safely say it is so damn healthy. It is like, I'm so happy that I cut out these people out of my life that I know just were not good for me and not good for my mentality. And it's, it's really important. I don't know. I've had this experience that I share the message some way. Um, it's really important that I share that message because not a lot of people are willing to do that if they're in a toxic relationship, whether that be an actual relationship or with friends or with family, um, to like end that relationship or figure out ways to overcome the toxicity it's really hard. Maybe not overcome the toxicity is the word, but find ways to fix it. And if it can't be fixed, then you just need to end that relationship. And it's, it's really difficult to do that, but you are the most important person in your own life. 
And once you're able to stop and realize that, you can fix so many of your own problems on your own. And that's something that I've had to do for a long time, or that I've come to learn for myself. Um, I guess another thing I could talk about is like me falling into the friend zone. Um, again, I don't know if this is just a me problem, but I've had problems where I become too, uh, too friendly with someone. I mean, that's just the person I am. And I end up in the friend zone and you know, when you, when you're in the friend zone or you get called a friend, there's no way out of it. But I grew up thinking, you know, you always have to be a friend first before you become like in a relationship with someone. So I've always been a very friendly person. So every time I get into a relationship, I'm always so friendly, but I don't flirt because I don't feel like that's appropriate. You got to make friends first, but, um, it's ended me in the friend zone many, many times, unfortunately. Um, and I've learned that the hard way and I see, but I also like see like, the difference with flirting now and not flirting recently, just because my friend Lincoln, shout out Lincoln. Um, he has, there's a thing called Riz and basically it's like your flirting ability. Like if you can Riz up a girl, you're like, you can flirt with a girl and like get them to give you your number. Riz is an unspoken art that not many can attain. Unfortunately, I do not have Riz. My friends got Riz. I don't got Riz. That's why I'm in the friend zone. But I see it. And for some people, the Riz is just natural. They're naturally able to just flirt and get girls to like them. And I don't, I don't got the Riz. Um, so recently I've been starting to spit a little bit of Riz. Um, I've been able to like flirt a little bit more, but I've learned that if you're interested in a girl, you kind of have to start talking and flirting like right away to show interest because if not then you're just going to show that you're in the friend zone and that's a problem that I have and you know that's just the unfortunate (laughs) reality of being in the friend zone which I get friend zoned a lot sad face I I I don't really have too much to say now honestly um I feel like I've kind of done my own little thing my own little solo podcast uh for a little bit. Um, hopefully I'm going to try to continue to keep on doing this. Um, this is a sole passion of mine and I've been so busy and I haven't been able to do my sole passion, but you know, setting this up today, the new setup, all the lighting, the microphones, everything has been a very satisfying experience. So I hope I get to do it more. And you know, if you made it all the way to the end of this, you know, I'm so thankful for you. Shout out to you for listening all the way to the end. Um, thanks again. If you want to leave any sort of rating on the video, you can leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast thing you're listening on. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, leave a like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment, do whatever you can to just, you know, show that you're watching and like you're engaging because, you know, that means so much to me. And... I'm going to keep on trying to do this. Uh, Thanks again for everyone watching. I really appreciate it. And have a good day.